You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, 
Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. Only on The Culture. You are listening to... You'll have to excuse me, folks. I forgot to turn my microphone on, so I was talking to myself. But it is Saturday, and here we are again. I tell you, you know, when you go through life, one of the things that happens is sometimes you wonder, where did the day go? Where did the time go? Because it felt like it just passed by so fast. Then there are times when it feels like it's just dragging because you want it over. I mean, I hate to say it, but... <laughs> Right now, I wish it was election day already because nothing else is stopping the ridiculous stuff that we're seeing day by day, and I believe more and more people are noting it. We do expect something from our leadership, no matter how apathetic we get sometimes, no matter how lazy we are of not going out and making sure we vote and we think about who we're voting for. The subheading... For this show, this podcast, was two quotes. Back in July of 2016 was the first one. Donald Trump said, I alone can do it. Now, let me say, if you go back and you've listened to presidents when they were campaigning or when they took office and gave a speech, they might talk that they're going to do this, they're going to do that. But within that speech, you will... Almost to anyone, it could be Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, I don't care who you look at, either of the Bushes, they'll somewhere either include God and the rest of us, you know, that we can do this together. We're in this together. Not Donald, because he was trained to be just king of his own domain, doing whatever he's doing, and don't worry if anybody likes you or not. You've got enough money. You don't have to give a damn. So you have to understand when you get someone, it's like if you had a relationship. And believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, we put our lives in the hands of our president. You'll hear this guy talking as though he's just speaking for the Republicans. That's when they agree with him. But the man is in charge of our country. Whether he does an okay job, a maybe job, he's in charge of what affects all of us. So if you start meeting somebody and you're talking to them and all you keep hearing are these statements about, I alone can do it. Meaning, I don't need anybody. So even if you feel they're attracted to you, <clears throat> it's just a temporary thing. You're a snack, a meal, a diversion. And uh, people like that, no matter what they do, even if they know better, they will never say that it wasn't that great or I could have done better. No, not their nature. Because the only way they can keep themselves together is to just make everybody believe that whatever I do is great. I'm wearing my Brooklyn t-shirt today because uh, the anger that I feel, which I try controlling, 
I'm a passionate person. I like to express myself. Uh, you know, there are those sayings on the streets of Brooklyn, they change over time. That shit don't fly. Uh, you gotta be kidding. That's a little kinder. But actually, actually, he sounds like a, a gambler who just lost a lot, and he went to his proctologist, and they said, you're losing your ass. And he's been reading the polls, and none of them are good. That's because the people have started to recognize. You see, if nothing else, when it's all going along great, and he keeps pointing at the stock market, which has nothing to do with how we live our life day to day. And he was handed a steady market that grew over years. He was handed a low unemployment figure. As a trained economist, one of my majors, when you're around 4% unemployment, that's considered that balance point of almost zero. Because it's like a baseball team or any other team. You have to have some people on the bench. People can go out there and play and get injured. So you need your backups. It's how you play the game. You're happy if your stars don't get injured and they play the whole game. That's great. But if you're winning, you'll see any coach will take out his stars because he doesn't want to take that chance that they get injured in the last minutes. Well, they make them not play as aggressive if they're way ahead. So you get a guy like Donald and just plows ahead, doesn't care what you feel, plows through people. So when things are great, we all say, hey, you know, it's great. Oh, yeah, he's pointing to, he didn't do shit to put it together. And unfortunately, because he didn't do shit to put it together and because he never really ran successful projects, even the buildings that were well-built, Trump Tower was built by a woman who knew how to run a project. If Donald had built it, the building probably would have fallen over by now. He didn't build anything. He had grandiose plans, and he wanted to con people to give him lots of money so he could make money and then walk away from things. So he's just learned how to take care of himself. When you put your whole country in the hands of someone like that, we're being stupid. So that's why I've been doing my podcast. I want everybody to be wide awake. And don't, as we're getting down to tomorrow, I think, becomes day 100 that's left before Election Day. So I want us all to recognize that, yes, we put somebody in charge. But if we make a really ugly mistake, they're not just, you know, maudlin, they're not just not too effective. They just go out there and do whatever the hell they want, no matter what happens to us. And I think at this point, everybody has been seeing what's been happening to us, the way people relate to us and the rest of it. Now, he didn't invent the coronavirus, but it's no different than a hurricane or anything else. Sometimes we have devastating fires. We could get a tsunami the way the earthquakes are changing. If a tsunami hit the West Coast and it devastated it, we had to rebuild the West Coast, it would be a major project. This man likes to tell you he's a builder. As I said, all he had to do in his first two years with total Republican Congress 
was put through some infrastructure stuff. Fix a few bridges. It doesn't even have to build anything new. But no. Tax cuts and the offset to the people who gave him tax cuts that mainly went to the rich was the, uh, well, the judges that Mitch McConnell wanted to put on. So I guess whenever Mitch finally leaves this planet, he figures he's going to have people who are going to do whatever he thought should be happening to all of us. The man doesn't serve us for many, many years. And we can't do worse. When they put in Amy McGrath, I believe is her name, the Democrat running against him. Oh, Tracy Hughes, watching from Vegas. Yeah, Tracy, good to have you today. Kyoko Chappie, good morning, everyone from Paris. Paris, France. I'm glad you put that in, because in New York, we probably have every city in the world, in the state of New York. And a lot of it's repeated throughout the United States. Paris is a nice-sounding name, so a lot of people have used it for towns. So, Kyoko, I hope I don't mispronounce your name, but even my name, it was given to my grandfather at Ellis Island, and I don't care if they call me Epstein or Epstein. I don't pick on them if they say it differently. We all pronounce things differently. Lisa, good to have you back, as usual. Sarniak, depending on which part of Eastern Europe or such your parents may have come from. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ask. Uh, there's a site you can go to. I think it's howmuch.com. It was an interesting site I came across because as a person who's into numbers and likes to know facts and the rest of it, we keep hearing how the average wage is, you know, middle class is 60000 75000 whatever. Let me say, as a numbers person, I used to tell everybody, <laughs> I said that I can make a P&L or a balance sheet say almost what I want when you really understand how it works and you play with it a little bit. To me, I used to joke, I said, the only thing I want to know is, do you have enough money to pay for lunch? So it's up right now. There's an interesting chart. It's at howmuch.com. And it says, how much Americans make in wages? So you hear these averages. But when you hear these averages, we've all heard about these billionaires and the multimillionaires. So if you throw all of them in the mix, they don't give us part of their money but they become a big part of the average. So I thought this was a cool chart. It looks a little funny. It almost looks more like a, a map of the human brain with the different lobes in it. But basically, those three areas in color, the one toward the top and the right section, is the lowest group. And if you look at it, it's broken down from people making less than 5,000, 5 to 10, 10 to 15, 20, whatever. It goes up to, I believe, the first section, only about 30,000. Then the next section below it on the lower right-hand corner, if you're looking at it, it's my left, your right, is from there on up. So instead of averaging all the billionaires and millionaires and making us feel better that maybe the average is 75,000. No. This was the year 2017. 
This was from Social Security and filings to the federal government and everything else. So if you looked at the green section on the left side and toward the bottom, that little triangle way at the bottom where it gets to that fuchsia or light purple, whatever you want to call it, you could see it says 250,000 to 50 million. So that's only 1.4% of the population because it comes down to less than a million, so it has more people in it. So when you hear the less than 1% are in those billions and millions, it's true. But this dips down from 250,000 all the way up to 50 million or more. 1.4% of the total population. Right above it is another 8-some-odd percent from 100,000 to 250. Now, that's not an enormous amount of money, but it is pretty big in general compared to everybody else. So if you look at those two green areas, that's 10% of the population from 100,000 up to any millions or whatever. The rest of the green are the upper earners, and you can see it's broken down into categories. So this will give you a good idea. And as it says up on the top in that first section, purple, that about 48%, the average, I believe, I can't read it from here, was something like 31,000 on average. So they don't lump us together with the millionaires and billionaires and make us feel like maybe we're earning more or we want to aspire. This shows you to a certain extent that the majority of the population is working and they're not making that much because this is an interesting report. It talks about what it takes. You know, you hear about poverty. There are different break-even points. If you live in New York versus living in Oshkosh or something, and there is an Oshkosh, I believe, in Wisconsin, your costs are different. But then again, the salaries they pay you are different because they know your costs are different. So to a certain extent, economics and people who hire us keep us within certain ranges. Good thing, like I said, howmuch.com, look at it. I just figured I'd give it to you as something interesting to read, and you could see how the country breaks down. This is before we got into the devastation we're going through right now. Full year of 2017. So uh, my subtitle for this week, as I said, Donald was quoted as, I alone can do it. Period. I don't need anybody else. I'm brilliant. I could do everything. We've heard all the quotes of I'm smarter than the generals and everything else. And that was in July of 2016, before he was elected. Big, bold, and bad. And now, the second phrase I give you, because I've talked about when I was growing up and hearing all these old sage sayings from prophets and philosophers and the rest of it, I said, you know, after a while, I can almost find you a counter to everything that's out there. You know, my favorite one, as I've said before, is absence makes the heart grow fonder. But then the other one out there that's equally famous is out of sight, out of mind. Take your pick. Root for the team you like. So the second one was in March of this year. 2020. And Donald again starts with I. And he says, I don't take responsibility at all. Guess what he was talking about in March? 
the coronavirus, of which there are many, but we're dealing with the novel, the new corona, COVID-19, as it's been labeled. So the man likes to tell you that he doesn't need anybody, and he could do it all, and he acts that way, and he messes up our economy that way. So when he takes over a good economy, when times get tough, that's when you find out what a person's made of. He tries to tell us that, well, he closed down people coming from China. Well, interestingly enough, we do have so many scientists, epidemiologists, and every other particular specialty you can think of, where they trace these viruses, they look at them, and they understand where they traveled to get here. And if you haven't heard it, let me be the first to tell you. Closing down traffic from China directly to here didn't save us because China, now being a big burgeoning economy, when I used to travel internationally, I decided what's the best route to take? I don't want to just sit in a plane for 15 hours while I fly halfway around the world. Is there a stopover I can make and, you know, I could do some other work? So I used to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, and then I would switch to some of the Asian carriers, because when you go to an airport in the country that these carriers are from, you get the better gates. You don't end at the far end of the airport and have to walk three miles to get to the middle to find your bags or anything. So it benefited me in many different ways. Well, I have no reason to fly from the East Coast to Europe at the time before I head to Asia, but the Asians do a lot of business with Europe also. The market, the European market's built up over the years. So they do come through Europe, businessmen, before they come here. Because they, again, want to make it an interesting trip. Or maybe they want a vacation for a couple of days in Europe to relax. Whatever it is. But the virus came to the East Coast basically out of Europe. So when Trump tries to tell you, but he shut down travel from China, big deal. That's like he said he closed McDonald's and they had nothing to do with the coronavirus that was hitting us. So folks, you got to listen a little more, do a little research. It doesn't hurt because then you could be better prepared for what you're dealing with. Leadership is something that's very important. Any of you working in a company, any of you working to even plan a wedding in a family. If somebody doesn't take charge and get everybody to work together, it ain't going to come out right. So you get this man who's big and bad, you know, I alone can fix it. Well, first of all, the economy didn't need any fixing when he got in. But he first came in and said, oh, I inherited a mess. As I've said, if you look back to what Obama got from the George Bush Jr. administration, the economy was in free fall. I'm glad we didn't have Donald trying to handle that. We would have had an economy that was looking to find the light switch. So anyway, he inherited an economy that had been steadily growing for years. As I said, as an economist, we were a little over 4% unemployment. That's considered full employment in most cases because you need a backup. You need people because of turnover and benches. 
You also need to create new jobs because we have new people being born all the time. Years ago, there was a push where the enlightened people were trying to go for zero growth. That's like zero emissions. That's like saying everybody is going to eat a bean salad, nobody's going to let out any gas. That's a Brooklyn joke. Anyway, so we have to understand how he's destroyed relationships. And as I've said to you, everybody keeps looking because he keeps throwing up new diversions because he doesn't want you focusing on the pimples on his face. He has no pimples that you see, but I'm saying he's distracting you like any good con man. Portland, Portland, Oregon. Now remember, this man was already seeing what he could get away with when he, at the southern border, peasants who were coming here to ask for asylum. Men, women, and children, blisters on their feet, no weapons. They were invading. And he actually, and everybody said, he really couldn't do it. He sent the troops down to the southern border. We said, okay, he's ignorant. He isn't fighting anybody. He's not shooting anybody, whatever. So we let it get away. He learned that we sometimes give him a little leeway to see how crazy they're going to get. So now we come forward to where we are. One of the people in Trump's cabinet is Betsy DeVos, a billionaire, her, her family, the rest. I believe her brother is Eric Prince, if I've got his name right. He is a paramilitary guy. I forget the name of the organization. He set up his own security firm. He trains his own people. He rents out mercenaries, in effect, to anybody who wants to pay the bill. Trump knows the guy. Trump is actually, and again, I can't prove this, has had the guy training at his wonderful golf course in Scotland or somewhere thereabouts. And Eric Prince has people who are mercenaries who don't care about anything. Now, I say this so you'll understand a little better. I am a veteran. I had no problem at 18 signing up for the draft and saying, you know what, let me serve my country. Get the two years out of the way minimally stay in longer if I want. This is my country, let me put my contribution in. Well, in Portland, Oregon, Trump is suddenly deciding he's gonna show you how strong he is. This is like a bully with a gang behind him beating on a little kid. So he says, I'm gonna go in and protect federal buildings in Portland, because technically, Federal buildings, we could put people in to guard them. Just like embassies, we could put people in to guard them. So in Portland, Oregon, all of a sudden you see these paramilitary people in these cool green camouflage fatigues. Now that immediately reminded me of something that I'd seen in the last few years that was done by uh, a man who, anybody doesn't think he's a dictator, isn't paying attention to history and what the man does. Vladimir, when he went into the Crimea, because he figured he would see how far he can get, he sent troops in who were unlocked in green uniforms and said, oh, they're not Russians, they're mercenary, whatever they are. Yeah, a bunch of people decided to get together and you people are not stopping them, even though you care about who's running the Crimea, because it's a very strategic point. 
you could bet if these were just general mercenaries who decided to run into the Crimea. These were Russian soldiers, and they were little green men running around, and they were armed by Russia using Russian weapons and everything else. Well, I see these guys on the streets. As I've said to you, Trump's main objective in life is how much money he could put in his pocket, and only his pocket. I mean, the family's there and the rest of it, but he doesn't want to be embarrassed if they were living on the streets. But between companies that Jarrett has set up by now and his family has set up, because if you remember at the beginning, he was talking about he has such a vast empire, 500 folders he had on a desk and he had a tax attorney explaining it. One, co one corporation I worked for they had over 2,000 companies. I got to understand them. I knew why they built their company that way. Nobody asked me before I got there how they should plan their setup because I'd done a lot of strategic planning for big and small operations. So Donald has 500 companies. What you do is you set companies up so you can confuse people or you can maybe obfuscate what's going on, or maybe run around, uh, you know, do a little flanking maneuver. So by now, he's set up, between him and Jared and other family members, he's set up little companies to do consulting and stuff, so when he relets contracts, as I've said, remember, he took three members, three men out of Mar-a-Lago, put them in charge as a shadow board over the VA, which I've explained to you all, has a nearly $200 billion a year budget, the Veterans Administration. Now, that isn't just what they pay us if they owe us because we're disabled or something, but it's operating costs. It's water's in the cantina. It's contracts for paper and ink and uh, new computers and electricity, whatever. So when you take these contracts and you reshuffle them, put them in the hands of someone else, on the street, when you tell somebody, hey, I'm giving you some business, I expect that you owe me something. So Trump, at the beginning, he realized all he had to do was go almost every weekend for three days to one of his golf courses at his resorts and charge us for everybody who was there at the highest rate he could charge. This was the man who complained that Obama went golfing too often. So, as I said, I will gladly, freely do the audit on his books and his companies because I understand how these operations work. So the man is in Portland, Oregon, and you see these people dressed in these really well-tailored uniforms, uh, all the equipment, they've got all the things hanging. If you're going to run a contract, you want to order every little accoutrement you can to put on these soldiers because every little piece you order is another piece you get a cut out of. So I'm seeing these guys running around and all they have is somewhere it said police. On the streets of America, he puts soldiers out and what are they doing? And forget if it's a democratic city or not. Everybody has seen the way he acts as a racist in many ways. And we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But Portland, the last statistics I've looked up on it, is at least 80% white. 
is maybe 8% African-American, black, whatever you want to use the term, and about 8% Latino, and then the balance is mixed Asian and other stuff. So you've got 80% white population out on the streets demonstrating because everybody got religion. We all got religion because, you know, we all grow up, we hear stories, we say, oh, that sounds crazy. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, my grandfather told me back in Poland when he went to school, he had to walk uphill barefoot through the snow in both directions. Impossible to walk uphill in both directions. But, you know, families have stories, people have stories. A lot of people growing up heard stories about, you know, what happened in uh, the Civil War time, lynchings and the rest of it, even after the Civil War. I've done my studies. I've told you about a book called Slavery by Another Name, that after Lincoln got assassinated, the guy he picked for his second run for the presidency was a man who, in effect, let these companies do what they wanted, and they started arresting blacks charging them for crimes, putting them to work in mines and the stuff. Read Slavery by Another Name. It's all documented. It's not a book for reading and falling asleep by or having fun. It's not a superhero. It's real life from the end of the Civil War up through very recent. So we hear these things, but human beings, as I've studied them, because as a kid, I realized if I want to learn, I could look at books, but I could also study people, how they act, what they do in different situations. That taught me how they're going to react when I deal with them, and especially when I've gone to different countries that I've never been in with different cultures. And I've been successful for one reason. I know they're only asking me to be there because they want something we can offer that they could consider useful to their economy, to their growth, whatever. And I have no problem with that. If I can help someone get better, I don't think that they're just bringing me because they want to see an American, especially a big white American. No. In fact, it was funny because a lot of the countries I was bigger than the majority of people. <laughs> I'd leave a restaurant and I'd find the waitresses running up behind me and standing next to me so all their friends could see how big I was compared to them. Uh, you know, if you ever go to a 7-Eleven, for example, or some of these convenience stores, when you, if you're paying attention, when you walk in or out of the door, they've got those markings on the door so that they can spot how tall you are in case they have to identify you. Same thing, they had a person stand next to me so they could figure out, wow, this guy is large. Trump is trying to see what he could do to us. But we were all, when George Floyd had this police officer with his knee on his neck, it wasn't just that it was George Floyd. It was a black man, it was a white cop, and when you read about them, they knew each other for a couple of years already. They worked security guards at clubs to make some extra money. A lot of people do that. But this man, even though he was looking at the camera, knew somebody's taking his picture. The vitriol in his heart against this person under him. Nobody. There it was in black and white. 
It's not somebody saying, oh, these people don't get a chance. Oh, they're not treated the same. Oh, a higher percentage of them go into jail for having a little cocaine where a smaller percentage of the whites get off. We all hear these things, but we don't experience them. The absolute naked experience of seeing this man with his knee on this other man's neck, one human on top of another, till the man was dead. He was dead before he took his knee off his neck. You don't even have to read the background to hear what happened before that. That, that, just that image, because we humans need something tangible. We have an imagination, but we say, yeah, we could imagine that, but does that really happen? Yeah, I'll see it in the movie. It was a technical thing. They made it up. No, this was reality right in our face. Suddenly, everything we'd heard about that, we said, oh, yeah, maybe it was like that. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe they were just too lazy and didn't get educated, didn't this, didn't that. That burnt the hole in any person's mind that said, it's real. It happens. And I was very proud of my countrymen when I saw the demonstration start because people were out there on the streets. Now, Portland, as I said, is 80% white. So forget that it's a, a Democratic mayor running the city or something, which is what Trump is aiming at, because those liberal Democrats are really letting law and order go out the door. So he's not aiming at a city that's black or Latino or Asian or whatever. He's aiming at a city where the majority are white. He sends his little stormtroopers in there. I saw a man who's a veteran wearing a sweatshirt. If anybody saw that thing, he's wearing a sweatshirt that says Navy. Now, anybody can buy a sweatshirt that says Navy or Army or the rest of it. But he was also wearing a cap that said Navy. And usually it's just a lot of us old coots who maybe want to wear a cap to remind us of our younger days when we were this great you know, warrior. He's a kind of big guy when you saw him standing in front of these little green men. And the man, I think, was in his late 50s or somewhere, whatever. One of the, and he's talking to them. He's saying, I'm a veteran. What are you doing? These are the streets of our country. He's trying to talk to them. He's in America. He's not in a foreign country. And I mean, I could feel it just looking at him and seeing what happened. And then one of them pushed him. Now, there was a scene month or so before, whatever it was, where they pushed over a 75-year-old white guy who was kind of thin. So when they pushed him, he tripped over his feet and he cracked his skull. They left him on the ground bleeding for a little while on the streets of America. Well, they pushed this guy, but he's easily twice the weight of the little character who tried to push him over. So he took a half step back to balance himself. And then you saw one of these let's call them stormtroopers, because that's the way they were acting, took his baton. Now, I've been trained, among other things, as military police. Those batons are solid wood, at least, and they hurt. Uh, they're not just a broomstick. They're thicker than that, and they're heavier than that. And they have a good handle, so you can get a hold. And when you swing them, you can break bones with it. I understand this man had his wrist broken or something. But this little idiot, when you're looking at the back of the man, was on the left side, 
he starts taking his thing and flailing at this big white guy who's standing in front of him. Now, I hate to say this. If these were regular military troops, I cannot see that they'd be stupid enough to start beating this guy because he's talking to them and they're not liking what he's saying. He wasn't threatening them. And there are at least a dozen of them around him. So I'm telling you that the troops that were in Portland could be part of Eric Prince's crowd, which are trained to just be like a mercenary. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm here to do a job. Any of those men, whoever they were, if they are in any of those federal agencies, they should be put out of that agency. Because he beat this man for talking, for not moving. Arrest him. But no, look at the video when you see it the next time. We'll find it on the internet. He just beat the guy. Big guy. He took the beating. If it were me, I hate to say it. I have a temper that I've learned to control since I was a kid. But if I have an idiot who's swinging a heavy wooden stick at me beside my training, I would grab that stick, and I don't care if the rest of them come after me. I'd end up bloody because there are a lot of them, but I would take a few of them down with me because I cannot stand on the streets of our country and be beaten by people who are supposedly representing our country. And again, the president should only be on the streets. He could send people to take care of a federal building, yes, but he sends them out to build these barricades around it. It's like taking more land. He's yelled about China taking more of the South China Sea. He's doing the same on the streets of Portland or anywhere else when he adds this bigger perimeter. It's not a battlefield. It's our country. Work with the regular police. Any of these people said, you have to be invited in. We don't have to go to court to hear this. I hate to say it. He just wants to foment a fight because he wants to be this warrior because he's not really a warrior. He's a wuss. He's afraid of himself, if you ask me, from everything I've seen of the man. Anytime he looks like he's big and bad, it's been staged. So we have to realize, we're going to talk more about this in my next, the podcast over the next hundred days. We're coming toward the election. Next week, when my alter ego's here, we're going to talk to you. We'll start with where we are here in Central Florida. Some of the people who are running, what you should know about them, what you should think about. You want to know about their background. They could look nice, they could look like you, they could be Asian, they could be black, they could be white. I really don't give a shit what color anybody is. I care about what's their background, what have they done. So you'll hear us talk about this, and if any of you want to give us ideas about where you are, what the elections are going, who's running against who, we have a damn big country. There are going to be a lot of things going on. And I can tell you, the numbers tell me that if every Democrat gets off their ass and every liberal gets off their ass and every progressive and they vote for, like, Joe Biden, there is no way, I don't care if Vladimir comes here and tries to go to every place and fill out a ballot, there is no way that Trump will win. Trump and a Republican Party already allocated $20 million for working on the election. These people that you see, 
he might say, and this has happened in the past, where some splinter groups like a George Wallace and some of these other segregationists used to say, well, we're going to post poll watchers. That's why we have rules in this country that there's no electioneering within a certain distance of where you go to vote. They don't want people to feel intimidated by these guys who go around. Remember, Trump said to the people who follow him, go liberate Michigan, go liberate the, excuse me, liberate Michigan? That's a, a state in the United States. And you saw these people, did he send federal troops in? when these characters were on the streets of Michigan with AR-15s and other weapons? You didn't hear him say, that's disgusting. You did see him when you saw the videos when he wanted a march over to that church. He doesn't go to church that often. I don't care if he doesn't go to church, but he wanted to stage himself standing in front of the church holding a Bible. What's that gonna convince me of, that he knows what a Bible is? that he can find the local church? I could ask Google. They'll tell me where the nearest church is if I want to go see it. And I've been to churches all over the world and synagogues and mosques. It teaches me about the culture. It teaches me about architect and materials they use. Everything is to be learned from, not to be used as a prop. So people in Washington, he had them cleared. He had helicopters come over fly low and have that air from the downdraft, almost blowing them off the streets. This is a president who does not honor our streets, our country, because as far as he's concerned, whatever works well for him. So as I said, he's been looking at the polls, and I guess his proctologist told him that it looks like you're going to lose your ass. Pardon my French. But when my Brooklyn gets up, there's no cutting nice words for someone like him. So I guess he's out there trying to restore his butt. And so you're going to see him do stuff. He reinstituted, because he can't do rallies. He wants to send all the kids, he and Betsy DeVos, because it's worth money to them. Believe me, that's the only reason to do it. He wants to push all the children back to school. Three states... California, Texas, and Florida, actually the three most populous states, 40 million, 30 million, and 20 million. That's 90 million people are in hot spots with this virus. And then Arizona and other places, it's getting to these other places. This is like a big wave that hit one shore, the East Coast. We recognized it, we dealt with it, we harnessed it. We leveled it off, and now we've tamped it down, and we're not stopping. Even though they've controlled it in New York under good leadership, because if you're in charge of something, they tell me that he's, he likes to say he's the president. Well, why doesn't he start acting like one? So you've got to think about what's going on here. And the rush to open is just because he wants people out there Maybe he thinks a lot of the people will die, they'll be too busy, they won't go to the elections, they won't go to the polls. Whatever he's thinking. If I had to get out of a hospital bed to vote in this election, I would drag my ass out of that bed to go vote. And everybody should understand that. That's the main way we're going to get. 
So he doesn't like, think about this, in Chicago and other places where suddenly they've had too much violence. When was the last time he went to Mitch McConnell and said, let's take those bills on gun control and debate them? There's nothing wrong with people owning guns. I don't have a problem with that. There is a problem in my bag with people having these clips that are only made for warfare, having ARs that are not made for hunting. As I've said before, anywhere in this country, you can only take certain weapons out to get a hunting license. Some of these weapons that people buy, you're not allowed to use them. Definitely not on the streets. Why wasn't he enraged when he told everybody, sure, go liberate Michigan. Go liberate this. The man just wants us all at each other's throat. And the only thing we all should do is recognize what he's doing. So, he's not giving aid to state and local. Now, every penny that's in the federal treasury comes from us. Hey, Lisa. You called the Michigan State Police and I asked them why they didn't arrest them. They told me they weren't doing anything wrong. Our Michigan State Police is corrupt too. They're in Detroit now. I have the Twitter link. You're going to find he's going to put people in different places. Detroit is a city that's still having problems after they uh, screwed around with things that were going there, just like in Flint with the water and the rest of it. And these were Republicans who did it. These are not the Republicans I grew up with, not the Republicans I had respect for. There's going to be a lot of this. Just as protests were throughout the ages before some of you were born, when I was younger, whether we sat someplace, please do not throw a Molotov cocktail into a building. Do not break windows or doors and go in and take over a building. Sit on the streets. Let them arrest you and arrest you and arrest you till their jails are so full they can't put any more in it. Work together. I was so proud when I saw, because people don't understand the way I understand how strong women are. I've always admired women. Moms who formed the brigade, I think it was in Portland where you saw them, linking their arms in front of the protesters, daring these idiot troops to, yeah, go start beating on me. How are you going to look beating up a woman? Again, peaceful protest is how we did it. This is not a revolution where we got to fight the Brits or the French or someone else to get our country, uh, where we have to have rifles and shoot at each other. No, no, no. We have the power of numbers and right to go out there and demonstrate, to walk through the city as a group. They won't give us a permit to walk on the streets. All we have to do is walk on the sidewalk. And when it's miles long of people walking on the sidewalk crossing, and everybody understands it because they've never seen a line like this, everybody will get the point. It inspires the rest of your country people to do the same thing. That's what happened when this thing with George Floyd was just so blatant in front of our face. 
that everybody, black, white, Latino, didn't matter. We now knew these aren't just stories. This is real. There's a buried resentment in certain people that is really ugly. And the only way you deal with it is you get out and you stand with each other as brothers and sisters. And we vote and we get rid of this man. I'm still working on my thing, as I said, but I can't get it reported out. I keep trying to tell everybody. I know I have proven the man is invalid. And I don't want a cent going to any library for him. So I have not stopped working on what I filed. It's just I've got to follow certain rules. So the federal government is giving no aid to state and local governments. Now, when the main thing that's happening is we've been invaded by a virus and it's getting all over the place, state and local governments cannot run a deficit. So they can't just over-collect because they need to catch up and everything else. A lot of them have gotten smart over the years. They put together what they call rainy day funds, so they have some extra funds for emergencies. But the money that sits in Washington is our money. As I've explained to you, everything the federal government owns, it's our government owns based on our paying for it. As I said, the net, net lowest salvage value of everything we own, even after paying off every loan that we have, is minimally $100 trillion. And I can prove that to anyone. But that's our money that we, our forefathers, whatever, we paid for things that we still own and have value. It's called liquidation value if you want to get fancy with accounting. So, Trump is refusing to give our money back to our state and local governments where everybody's been working round the clock dealing with, and more of them are starting to mention what I mentioned months ago about PTSD, because these people are fighting a battle against the monster disease that we still don't fully understand, and it mutates. It doesn't know we're humans, it just knows we're a good hotel to move into. So again, no state and local aid. We've exhausted a lot of rainy day funds. This bill that the Republicans are dragging their feet that the House sent them two months ago, where are the jobs for these millions of people? What's going to happen when we don't have this forbearance that was put in the law? We don't need people to close down. What does Trump want to do, see everybody lose their property? And then he's going to come in and buy it up. So he's going to make more money off that, off what he caused to us. And he caused it because he did nothing to help mitigate what's going on. In fact, he, with Jared running it, Jared's one performance, as I said, where he said, our supplies. No, no, it's our supplies, not your supplies. And they're running who gets it, who they sell it to. Believe me, they've set up companies that are called consulting companies or marketing companies to get their piece of the action. And when the state and local tried to buy everything, what happened was that the federal government walked in and overbid and outbid them. Our money going against ourselves. That's like me giving my kid money to go spend in the store and I go buy something and he says, no, I'll give you $30 more. Excuse me, it's all from my pocket. 
Mel, I will never stop serving my country. I believe in this country, and I believe in people. I am not against other people in the world. I am aware of what other countries do and what they're trying to do. Diana Riglett. He's reinventing himself as law and order president so he could deflect lack of response to the virus. We aren't falling for it. That's right, we shouldn't. He's suddenly law and order. You can go back. You can look at George Wallace. A lot of your biggest segregationists told you they were law and order presidents. No. Nixon said it too. If he was law and order, he would send people, when they would get a subpoena from Congress to testify, he wouldn't stop them from going there. So he wants to question and investigate everybody else, and they should answer. But he refuses. You know if you know his history, he'd keep finding new suits so he never had to end something. You know that he's fought in every court so he doesn't have to give up his financials. The man who said, I'll show you my financials and my tax records. He doesn't want to show it to anybody because there are people like me who could read them and tell you what he's been doing. But you know what? When somebody's afraid to show you their report card, you know they're a failure. <laughs> Even a proud person is going to say, well, yeah, I got all A's on, you know. They're not going to push it in your face. But this man, he will tell you every lie in the book. So the schools, China and Europe, think about this. It only took us 15 days to go from 3 million cases to over 4 million cases. 15 days. So let's see how many days it takes us to get from 4 million to 5 million cases. It isn't just how many people are dying. This is a disease that can cause long-term effects. Blood clots and other things, things in your brain, things in your breathing. We don't know yet. And he finally, finally puts a mask on. The next time there's a fire in his house, maybe we should say, well, why don't you blow on the fire? You don't need a fire hose. The only defense we've known for this thing so far, till we get a vaccine or treatments, is a mask, separation, and washing our hands. We know what the enemy is. We know the only tools we have to fight it right now. He's pushing kids to go back in school, bars to open. He's got this idiot in our state who's the governor here who just wants to send us all back in here to die. And watch, he'll give aid to this state because it's now his home again. Let's not be fooled by this man. The check, they're arguing, by the way. The payroll tax cut that he wanted, you've got the majority of the country is unemployed. Who do you think the payroll tax is going to benefit? Big corporations that won't have to pay taxes and big people who earn millions of dollars where there may not be a limit on the payroll taxes they pay, which go into the fund like a group insurance that all of us draw from when we get older. I've seen the numbers on it from groups that know what they're talking about. And if he would have gotten the payroll taxes and the rest of it through, 
we were talking about somewhere in the 30 to 40 billion dollars that it might save certain people.